Shot clock, now at three. Paul, forced out, off the dribble, takes the three, and buries it over the outstretched arm of Spellman. That kind of a funny moment, Mike and Darius come up to, to set a screen, and you kind of just go around and, and knock down a three. Seemed like that was kind of a, a funny moment. There. Yeah, it was a play that we had. We just put it in like yesterday or whatnot, but uh, we we still a work in progress. We're a team that we want to, you know, figure out what we're going to do and win at the same time. Everything went right for the Thunder against the Warriors on Sunday in their 120-92 win, the first of the season, including that CP3-3 at the end of the first. Sometimes even broken plays end up looking good when the shot goes in. I mean, talent just makes things work. I mean, at least that's what our producer Hindi tells us when we go off script. So talented, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we do this sometimes. With that, let's talk some basketball. Welcome to the Thunder Basketball Universe. I'm Paris Lawson. I'm sitting across the table from my fellow Thunder reporter. It's Nick Gallo. What's up, Paris? And uh, adjacent to our producer, it's Hindi. I guess. Hey, producer Hindi. <laughs> hey. How are you doing, Hindi? I'm great. Glad to have you. We're recording this on Tuesday the 29th, the day after the Thunder face the Rockets and the day before it plays the Trailblazers. We're rocking and rolling. 82 games. We're getting underway really quickly. We've got four games in the books, and we're starting to see how this team is going to start taking shape. We saw Baisley's first NBA basket. I mean, it was, it was a little awkward, but it went in. That was pretty cool. Darius just somehow willed that thing in. <laughs> I mean, for that, for your first NBA bucket, it, I, did, I did have it down as one of my play of the game options. And then um, we also saw Russ versus Thunder round one. Yeah, we're going to get three rounds of that bout this season. How exciting. Uh, it was really cool. Um, I'm really looking forward to diving into that because it's just a surreal moment, but so much fun to just see him with the guys reconnecting with everybody. You could tell it was like it was good to see him after yeah. after some time apart. And the Thunder got their first win against the Warriors, and we're going to start there, Gallo. That that game against the Warriors really showed what the Thunder could do offensively. Really, like, broke the lid off of the basket that had been there <laughs> the first two games of the season. Yeah. Uh, it struggled to score over 95 points in the first couple games and got to 120 in, the fir- in that Warriors game. Yeah, and really showed the versatility of this team. Like, they really have the ability to get out and go, and we've seen that. Even during preseason, their ability to play fast and you know get a lot of possessions in a game. But we also saw them slow things down, be really methodical, use some of the shot clock, get through a lot of options, and get a good bucket at the rim. Yeah, it's kind of like what Chris Paul said at the end of the game, which was, you know, we're young, we're still learning, but we have to be a team that learns and wins at the same time. A lot of young teams, they'll get right. these very valuable lessons but take a big fat L at the end right. of the night <laughs> and CP is saying basically this is a team with the talent that it has yep. if it can just stay on point stay on the game plan it can actually rack up some of these victories while still learning really valuable lessons I think we couldn't have two more starker examples than the Wizards game at home right. and then the Warriors game at home two nights later. Yeah, and you brought up a good point. Like every single game, they're making good strides towards the next game. So Billy Donovan said after their game against Golden State that from Utah to Washington, they made good strides. Mm-hmm. And then from Washington to Golden State, they made good strides. And then we saw from 
Golden State to Houston, we did see good strides. At the beginning of the season, they were struggling to get off to good starts. And now we've seen three straight great starts, and yeah. now it's just a matter of developing that through 48 minutes. No doubt. And uh, But again, like there was an opportunity to learn in that Houston game. Right. So the Thunder's offense, they, they stuck to the script. They played really well within the game plan in the first half of that Rockets game. Then the third quarter comes, and that's a veteran Houston team that comes in and just th- delivers that first punch right out of the gates. Mm-hmm. And for a young squad, it's a really great opportunity of, okay, when they're being extra physical with you, how do you deal with that and still work the ball movement, still get into the paint, make the right plays, and be confident attacking? And I'm thinking too, Gallo, I'm curious what you think on the defensive end because, I mean, the Rockets put up an astronomical amount of free throws led by 22 from James Harden. Yeah. I mean, how do you balance like being aggressive on the defensive end while also staying clean? Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that young teams have a huge problem with is – somebody's going to pick up the fouls, it's going to be the youngsters who, in the Thunder's case, are their shooting guards, small forwards, you know, power forwards, guys that are going to be switched on to James Harden and Russell Westbrook. That's why you saw a parade to the free throw line. Um, Outside of that, the Thunder's actual, like, first shot defense, quite good. Three-point line, they outshot Houston from the three-point line. Uh, held them to around 22% from three, I think. So that's continuing a trend where the Thunder is now – I believe in the top two uh, in the NBA in three-point percentage defense. So um, really critical stat, obviously, in this day and age. And, you know, we can talk about it super in-depth and super nerdy, (laughs) but, you know, it's uh, a lot of it has to do with the different uh, style of defense that the Thunder's playing where they've dropped Steven Adams back a little bit more during certain matchups to protect the rim and allow wings to stay at home. And then other guy, you know, other times like against Curry in right. the Golden State game, they're going to be more aggressive, up. trying to to eliminate those dribble in threes. And really expanding those options on those ball screens, it's worked out great. I mean, you see Stephen Adams, like you said, up against Curry, and then up against Lillard, or we will see him. Up yeah, Lillard, most <laughs> yeah. Likely. tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow night, little yeah. sneak peek. But we will see him kind of disrupting those those guards, trying to disrupt their shots coming off ball yeah. screens, and then also against downhill drivers like Russell Westbrook, you just see the the crowd that they send to him, and it it really opens up a lot of options on the defensive end. You just wouldn't expect them to be this far along defensively like right. that this early they in the season. They really yeah. early and really soon. I and mean, to be able to do multiple different types of coverages within True. the same game, sometimes within the same possession. I mean, right. like, I can't imagine the coordination, the communication that has to go into that, especially with as many young guys as the team has. That's, that was one of the questions that I had. And, you know, Coach Donovan mentioned that with defense, it kind of comes easier to find your rhythm and find your spark on as a, as a new team because there's so many foundations that go into defense. I mean, it's, it's pretty hard and set no matter where you are, keep the guy in front of you. And so, like, those are foundational principles that – carry over and so it makes it a little easier for guys who are you know maybe newer to each other to figure out what's going on on defense and now the next thing is can they get the offense to get up to Mm -hmm. speed in the same direction and that's another balance that with this new style of offense that the Thunder is playing with they're going to have to balance being aggressive trying to get through as many options as possible while also getting a shot off before the end of the shot clock one thing that helps is they have three-point guards that can all get them into offense. And, yes, it does. And uh, Chris Paul said last night he hates playing against Dennis uh, over the course of his career because he is just such a different level of quickness and yeah. speed. Like, Chris is like, I-, I can blow by people sometimes, but 
Dennis really has that speed. So, and we've seen that. And um, I mean, if we can just get some early returns on our predictions here. Yeah, I had I had yeah, that minor trash. Up, so, <laughs> minor trash. You know, we'll, we'll start with Paris's. No. So how, Paris's two big ones that I remember was Adams shooting a hundred percent from three. Still correct. If we're including preseason, still which correct. we said at the time. Paris is still correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that his first play of the game would be a three. Wrong. That was not yeah. correct. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah. Well, what, what was your other the prediction? Direction. I said we'll see a lot of Deontay Burton. Okay. We've seen the We've seen amount. some Deontay Burton. We've seen some Some. Deontay. That one's, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't qualify Deontay. it as a lot. <laughs> that one, well, you know, it's, <laughs> to, it's early. To this give is Paris, why to, I'm the rookie. <laughs> to give Paris credit, though, that was a super bold prediction. That was the really first bold. play yeah. of the game. Yeah. Yeah. That was aggressive. If you're going to go, go hard. She went in on the bold. So to Nick's predictions, we'll start with the rotation ones. Uh, Baisley would get some serious minutes, and Muscala would be playing some decent time at center. We've seen some Baisley. Yeah. Baisley's been solidly in the rotation, almost 18 minutes a game or something yeah. like that, 18, 20 minutes a game. Uh, I I checked our handy-dandy uh, basketball reference, and yes. Muscala has exclusively been at the five. So 100%, 100% of his minutes at the center position. So Nick's looking good. His other prediction was the boldest, I would say, and it would who would be the team leader in assists over the course of the season. He's on the right track. It's looking good so far right now. I have it pulled up here. Tied for second are Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, each averaging 3.3 assists a game. Yeah. Number one, Dennis Schroeder. With how many? Five assists a game. So a, yeah. it's early, but a comfortable lead. I just I needed to, to get this out there now that I was slightly <laughs> right because things are definitely going to change and I'm never going to be right again. So I just wanted to get a little credit right <laughs> hey, now. When you start yeah. off a race. Credit where credit you, is you due. Can, you're in first for at least part of the race. I'm like George Costanza. I'm just going to walk out right now and, and leave on top. <laughs> All right. That's it for me. Be <laughs> good, all of your predictions still have some merit to them i'm like what two and one but the nice thing is you don't have to keep going back to them you make an early prediction like that and now it's done you can make new predictions yeah early yeah and if unless we bring it up again no one's gonna remember so (laughs) that's a good point (laughs) this is only gonna live on the internet it's a 24 hour (laughs) news cycle paris you're gonna just make some new predictions they could be completely opposite of the previous predictions you'll be right there in that spirit (laughs) let's move on CP3, a guy who's helping to shape the identity of this team right now. He's had an interesting start to the season. Game one, big numbers in terms of stats. Yeah, 22 points, eight rebounds, three assists, four of seven from three. Game two, kind of a kind of a dud. I mean, and to his credit, he took a lot of the blame for the loss. Yeah, afterwards he said, if I was even a little bit good tonight, we would have won. <laughs> and he, so he was the first person to talk in the locker room, really kind of like setting that tone with the media coming out. Right basically took the entire loss on his shoulders. So that was interesting to see. But but then in Game 3, in the win against the Warriors, his stats weren't crazy impressive. Only 10 points, 2 assists, but no turnovers. And to me, he really played great in terms of facilitating what the team needed and finding the guys that had advantages. Number one, he didn't have to play that many minutes. I think he played 19 minutes, which is great on the first night of a back-to-back, especially with a guy who's 34 years old. But also a sign of how this group is learning how to play together. He has mentioned multiple times, me, Dennis, Shay, we're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And some nights that means if the extra attention is being paid to Chris, they're going to find ways to manufacture offense through the other two guys. And that's what Golden State seemed like to me. Right. And in my head right now, after these games of watching him play, I see him just kind of as this consummate veteran, just doing what the team needs, seeing what the team needs, regardless if it's 
him putting points on the board or him, you know, facilitating and getting getting other guys open. Yeah, and he found Danilo and he found Steven in their spots. They didn't necessarily result in assists because those guys were able to play right. make on their own or bully ball down low. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was recognizing mismatches. Golden State was so thin within their bigs uh, that he went just went to those guys and Thunder was able to manufacture points that way. And even when he's not on the floor, I mean, from sitting in my spot and on my media row, my, my fancy little spot on media row. <laughs> <laughs> I'm big time. I'm big row time. <laughs> but you can hear him chirping from the sidelines like, Baze, you got to get up or, you know, push it. <laughs> you know, like he's he's doing he's facilitating while he's not on the floor, too. So for Chris, it was kind of a homecoming for him as well. I mean, going back to Houston, he got a chance to check on his house while he was there. That was up for sale. And while it was a homecoming for him in that game, the big storyline was Russ facing off against the Thunder. And obviously, we, we're going to mention it. He didn't think we were going to skip over that. Yeah, yeah, of course not. I mean, it was just like a it was like a hallmark moment on the court at the end of the game. A big hug for Billy Donovan and walks all the way over to Mo Cheeks and you know those guys are so tight and just to see the big smiles on Russ's face and Mo's face uh, was just great. We're, we're about to do media availability with Steven and Chris and Dennis in the locker room and all of a sudden you just hear this familiar voice like hey 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 <laughs> and he, I'm coming to check in on my homies and it was <laughs> Russ Coming into the locker room post game to chit chat with Steve and Andre, and you know he and Chris are tight just from being in the league over the years right. for so long, and um, it was awesome. Just you know, Russ was in the Thunder locker room for probably 15, 20 minutes, just hanging out. Then we're going to the bus, and he's still hanging out with Andre and Steven Wilson Taylor, our uh, equipment manager, and yeah. um, you know some of the other staff and personnel. So Russ might have been the last guy out of the building last night in, in Houston, and making sure he saw everybody. That's such a good sight to see, you know, because people forget, like, yeah, Russ on the court, he's he's gonna be competitive. He always goes one hundred and ten percent, but off the court, like he's. He's got friends, and he he built relationships. Not just Spalding, <laughs> not as just, he says, Spalding is his only friend on the court. Not just Spalding, but, but off, right. off the court, he's a nice guy. Off the court, he's yeah. got some homies that he wants to keep up with, exactly. and relationships <laughs> that he's built over ten years here with the Thunder. And so it was really good to see them, you know, really kicking it off, and you know, remembering old times. Well, you'll be able to catch the Thunder versus the Rockets again in January at Chesapeake Energy Arena. And if you want to catch that game or any 39 of the Thunder's remaining home games, you can go to okcthunder.com slash buy tickets. Grab your seats. Do it. You don't want to miss the Thunder at Chesapeake Energy Arena. Basketball is back in OKC. Here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. It's only logical. And that only makes sense. So today's main thing is Shea showing out in these first few games with the Thunder. He's had some moments where he's looked really, really impressive. I loved that game-tying shot uh, that tied at 83 against Washington. He's like hyping up the crowd, waving an arm as he's running down the sideline after Washington called timeout. And... He's just making these little crafty moves around the rim, seems to somehow finish 
up and around guys like Rudy Gobert. Um, I I don't know how he does some of the things he does. (laughs) It's definitely impressive, and he's definitely showing his offensive prowess and ability to finish with the first two games, setting new career highs, 26, then 28 in the second game. And the points, you know, say a lot about his offensive ability. And what we kind of want to – like. What Coach Donovan said, what he wants to see is him kind of use that same prowess and his length and his ranginess, for lack of a better word, to, you know, build those other areas of his game. Yeah, I mean, we see that he can score, and that's great, and the team needs scoring. Right. But Billy says he's too talented not to impact the game on every level. Right, and I think that's something that a lot of people like like me have to remember is it's so easy to see points and mm-hmm. be like, oh, he's crushing it big production out Mm -hmm. of him but then you don't look at the rest of the stat line and see you know okay only three rebounds only four rebounds you know you want to you want to see more production from somebody who has that potential with his length with his size on the defensive end as well Dennis and CP3 are smaller guards they just aren't going to be able to get in there and fight for boards as much as they might you know if they had the size and frame of six foot six SGA. And so part of that is like, that's on his responsibility, his shoulders. He definitely has a lot of, a lot of room for growth and a lot of, you know, really good potential down the road. And it'll be really cool to see, you know, however many games from now (laughs) at the end of the season, (laughs) what, what the progress looks like. I'll tell you what made us look this week, and it was Darius Baisley's first made basket as an NBA player. We alluded to it a little earlier. It was a little awkward of a play. He Completely bizarre. Just <laughs> a little bit, and he was running down the sideline, and... Shea tosses up a lob from half court. He takes off on the block. The ball hits the backboard. At first, it hit Thomas Bryant, Wizards center's hand. Right, so he's trying to jump over Thomas Bryant at Which this moment. Which he kind of did. At the end, yes. Yeah. Scary moment for the Wizards, by the way. He was okay. Thomas is okay. He's he okay. kind of went down in a heap afterwards. He's okay. Anyway, ball goes off the backboard after hitting Thomas Bryant. And then, like, hits Darius's hand. And then hits the backboard again. And then goes in. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly how you draw it up, folks. Like It was kind of like one of the, uh, in air hockey when you like have a miracle goal and you have no idea how it actually went in. You just hit it and it, like, and it just like ricochets off of the other guy's <laughs> paddle and the wall and the back of the thing. And, and it all happens yeah. in under 0.1 seconds. Yeah, and yeah. you look around and you're like, oh, that went in. <laughs> Where'd the puck go? <laughs> Where did the ball go through the hoop? (laughs) So, congrats to Darius. Yeah, that was a really cool play. And, I mean, it kind of got a little overshadowed, a little anticlimactic at what could have been a super, really awesome first bucket as an NBA player. I asked him afterwards, I was like, I bet you didn't think that that was going to be your first bucket. He was like, no, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Can't imagine that's what he was picturing when he was a kid playing in the driveway, that that would be his first made basket in the NBA. I know that my dream of my first made basket of the NBA was just the Michael Jordan dunk from Space Jam, where he just his arm extends like 50 <laughs> feet and he drops it into the hoop. Your arm would need to extend <laughs> for it to be a dunk. My dream was always hitting a game-winning three-pointer over either Larry Bird or Magic Johnson Ooh. to win the game. Huh. Are you going to ask about my NBA I'm, dream? We're looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was always throwing an alley-oop to somebody to dunk it. And it would have been like Candace Parker at the time. Yeah. Or Lisa Leslie or somebody. So you wanted your first basket to be somebody else's basket. What a true point guard. That's my point guard. That's me. That is a wholesome moment. (laughs) (laughs) True PG. But I mean, can we just talk about the fact that he jumped over Thomas Bryant? Yeah. He's got got hops. 
He's like one of wild. those grab a quarter off the backboard guys. Yes. That was always like the measuring stick yeah. when I was in high school. Grab a quarter off the backboard. So you put a quarter on top of the backboard. And when you can really jump, you can grab a quarter off the top of the backboard. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. The very top of the back, like, like the glass. The glass, Not yeah. the top of the rim. Yeah. And huh. then they started, like, it, it evolved into, like, you can grab a quarter off the backboard and leave two dimes and a nickel. Like, you can leave change. <laughs> exact change. Yeah. <laughs> During the hang time. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't get close to that. I was excited when I could touch, like, the foam on the bottom of the backboard. Yeah. That was a big moment for me. Andy, can't you just, like, stand there and hit the foam? Jumping was not my skill set. That's why I'm hosting. That's why I'm producing a podcast and not being talked about on a podcast. I will take, you know, some of that height. Please. Please. And do great things. I, I try to use try to use my powers for good and not evil. Get a quarter with, the top with of the great height comes great responsibility. <laughs> I get asked to grab something off the top shelf at the grocery store like every other trip. There's some lady trying to get a water jug off of the wow. top shelf and I always have to be the guy that goes and grabs it for her. Does that ever get old? No, I love it. It's like I'm a little oh. like a really, really lame superhero. <laughs> Tall guy. Yeah, saving the world one shopping trip at the time. Amazing. All right. Well, it's time to bless your timeline. Please do it. Here it goes. Deontay Burton sacrificed a couple hours of sleep one Saturday morning after a game day to come to the Susan G. Komen More Than Pink Walk at Bicentennial Park in downtown Oklahoma. And it was Really, really awesome to have him out there. Honoring his late mother who passed away from breast cancer a handful of years ago. Um, we actually, uh, on OKCThunder.com and our social channels, uh, an amazing video by our broadcast department capturing that whole event. Um, also, a, a long-form feature story uh, I did on Deontay called Soulful uh, this summer, uh, really explaining his journey and his path and how he coped with his mother's death. So definitely check those things out on OKCThunder.com. You can catch all of that stuff there, and you can also find more of this story on our new podcast, which is part of the Thunder Podcast Network. It's called the Thunder Cares Cast. And in our first episode, we'll be talking about this moment with Deontay at the Pink Walk. And that should be coming in the next couple weeks. And in the meantime, be sure to like, rate, and subscribe to this here podcast, the Thunder Basketball Universe. Five stars only. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thunder up and catch you later.